Welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I'm here with Brandon Texera, and we are, we dive into a lot of different subjects. Um, Brandon is the CEO of Mental Health Declassified, which is not, is a nonprofit looking just continue to spread the love, continue to spread awareness about mental health and mental health advocacy. Brandon is a former basketball player, um, a collegiate basketball player. And in the episode, we talk about, you know, his experience with watching his mom, you know, battle breast cancer to PTSD, to losing friends and dealing with grief and emotions, the impact of being black on his identity and on what he he thought were, you know, his opportunities growing up. And just, you know, overall how his mission of spreading love and positivity has impacted him. I am extremely excited for anyone and everyone listening. Um, I think his story is a very powerful one. Um, and everything he's gone through, you know, him coming out the other side. I, yeah, this is just a great, great conversation. So with that, let's get right into it. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am so excited to have you on. Um, I love having male guests because I feel like a lot of people that we've had on have been female, which have been awesome. But, you know, I think that there's so much work to be done to when it comes to male athletes and mental health. Um so I'm super pumped about this episode, super pumped about this conversation. To kick us off, can you give us a little bit of background as to who you are and what you do and kind of why why you're on the mental matchup? Yeah, so definitely so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Brandon Texera. I am the CEO and founder of Mental Health Declassified, a platform looking to, you know, break the stigma like us all share these, share comfortable, safe space for everyone to share their stories and, you know, just beat this war in our heads together because no matter what you're going through, um, you're not alone and there's someone out there who can either relate or can be a helping hand for you. So never struggle alone, please. Awesome. Um, Let's just get right into it. Growing up, what was your sport and how did kind of playing your sport have an impact on your life or sports I guess plural if you played yeah so you know I grew up playing soccer basketball and when I got to high school I played track um but you know sports is everything you know as a kid especially you know a minority I'm thinking you know basketball is my ticket to college you know that's the way we're gonna pay for it that's our way out like you know you have these dreams I'm gonna make it to the NBA you know I'm gonna take care of my mom and get her a car and we get like you know the stuff you see on social media so as a young kid, you know, you identify through that sport. And that was me my whole life. I didn't think I was anything more than a basketball player. 
Um, you know, I had to deal with, you know, being black and racist comments growing up. And then on top of being diagnosed with dyslexia, you know, that was always told, like, I'm not good at school. You can't read. You can't do things that people can do. I was kind of in the slower classes at first, you know, had extra time for my tests, you know, embarrassed about those things. So when I would get on the basketball court, it's like, I'm unleashing everything. I'm better than everybody. I'm going to do whatever I like. So I'm being noticed on that court. So that was kind of like my safe space, like where I'm going to go to. I'm feeling some kind of emotion. At a young age, you know, I don't know about the emotion. So I'm just thinking, you know, if I'm sad, I'm just going to go play basketball and I'll be all right. So sports is huge for kids, you know, as they're coming up. How, how much do you think what other people told you you could be or you could do dictated what you thought about yourself growing up it shapes you it shapes you into who you are unfortunately um you know some people are strong-minded and you know pat on the back to them who can kind of you know be young and think about that but I took stuff and like I'm I'm a sensitive guy like when I was a kid like if you say something it's like damn (laughs) like that's all I can do like I'm not good at reading I can't so I would just I wouldn't try in school I wouldn't try in school because I felt like I was already stupid and then I just, you know, really thought I was only an athlete and it just got got frustrating, but I didn't realize all this stuff until I got older. And now that I'm looking back and I'm trying to, you know, better myself, it's like, wow, words hurt. Words hurt a lot. You never really know the impact. And yeah, and the other the other question of that I have for you is I mean, like I'm I'm a white female, right? Like grew up in a middle class family in suburban Northern Virginia. Like I would say I've had a privily pretty privileged life for the, you know, most part. And what's what was the impact of like, you know, growing up being black in terms of where you kind of fit in in your identity? Like I feel like yeah. from the outside, it's like I know my my black friends growing up they really they really relied on their football careers right in high school like they knew that if they performed well on the field they'd have more friends or they their teachers would see them differently like was there an aspect of that in your life that you kind of held on to growing up too that's how it is that's literally how it is it's like that sports your ticket um that sports gonna get you friends that sports gonna make you cool that sport's going to, you know, separate you from being a just a troubled kid. And so, like, you know, unfortunately, if you're just an African-American man of color, like, and you're not playing sports and you're doing bad in school, you're just a troubled kid. So I had an outlet. I was good at basketball. And unfortunately, that may help me get treated better. And it's sad, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, we kind of just growing up we only kind of put ourselves in these boxes because we get singled out in so many other aspects like we're not going to be the doctors we're not going to be a therapist it's either we're rappers athletes or in jail so all of these little narratives and social media how they play it out it's like okay well I only have three paths I can't rap (laughs) I'm good at basketball and I don't want to go to jail so you know, you kind of just take that sport and you run with it and you try your absolute best. And that kind of plays right into my story and why I started struggling with my mental health. I, I mean, yeah, uh, 
obviously like I I can't even begin to like understand the impact that plays on your mental health but it's just so outrageous and I'm hoping things are changing like do you think young black kids these days have like a different I don't know I guess like see different opportunities than you did growing up or do you think it's still like we're stuck in this like cyclical like you can only do xyz because of the color of your skin yeah i mean it's tough but it's definitely you know what we're trying to do and fix here you know trying to get to these younger generations and talk to these kids let them know that there's more out there than the sport there's more to life you know because if that sport doesn't work then a lot of these kids are losing their lives and there's more to it so it's definitely like you know podcasts like these um my platform you know trying to get to this younger generation let them know that they're more than their mental health and they're more than what they're going through they're more than their sport like there's so many things that you can do in this world so I mean right now I would say I hope it is but it's hard because you know you see someone tall and the first thing that people say is like oh you should be playing basketball I'm like (laughs) those things stick with people those things stick with us like I'm not that tall, but I know my roommate was six eight, and everywhere he goes, it's like, oh, you're tall, you must play basketball. And he's coming off two torn ACLs, and he feels like I have to get back to it. I have to play basketball. What else am I gonna do? Sit at a desk because that's just society. Like you see Jerome sitting at a desk, and you're like, what are you doing sitting at a desk? Go rebound. <laughs> it's bad. It's all bad joke, but yeah. How how do you feel like that played into your mental health, like? What, whether you realized it consciously or not when you were I guess let's like take high school like how did that impact your mental health in high school and were you aware of it at the time not at all not at all I was blind to it I had the sport so I was not worried about it I was just on a high all the time because on Tuesdays and Fridays I'm gonna leave the league in scoring I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get these accolades so it's like I'm not worried about really anything else so like I've been through so much trauma and pain that like when I had and I was playing basketball I wasn't thinking about anything I was taking it to the chest not showing any emotion as a man and I was just keeping it moving like all right I'm gonna take this all out on Tuesday night all out on Friday night in this game I'm not gonna cry maybe later in my room by myself but nobody's gonna see nobody's gonna know what's going on Uh, it's it's definitely tough I, I actually had a best friend who was really struggling, extremely struggling, extremely suicidal, and really just one of my teammates. And I was just like, I didn't understand mental health, you know, come from a foreign background. And this household is not talked about as a man either. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, yo, we have a game on Friday. We have a game. Let's go. Like, we're good. You got love. We love you. We're here for you. Like, and it didn't take until me to hit rock bottom to understand, like, wow, I wish I actually knew about this stuff when I was younger. So I could have been a better friend. And such to him that's a lot to like carry with you like until you had a game or until you had a practice you know and I feel like I mean you know it's not like you're the only person in the whole entire world who does this right like I feel like a lot of kids are probably using I know I used sports as my outlet right like I I mean I got in trouble one game for like hitting a girl off ball with my stick because I was so frustrated which like it it was so bad right like it's so bad. And it's because I feel like a lot of us aren't taught how to work through, how to control, how to understand 
and articulate what we're feeling. And we're also not taught that it's okay to feel these things and it's totally human, totally normal. We just have to figure out how to work through them to get to a place where, you know, we're not waiting until the next game so we can take it out on the court or whatever that that might be. Um, Can you, can you speak a little to, you played collegiate basketball. What was the journey like to get to college to play basketball in college? I mean, at the time, you know, I honestly had no idea. Like I, like I come from a foreign background in a household. So it's like, we didn't really understand, you know, what it was like to get to that next level or what it would take. Like I worked my hardest every single day, but the biggest picture wasn't like to go play basketball in college. It was like, you know, we got to go get that degree. Like it was just like, you know, basketball was a ticket. So like, if we can do it, I really didn't think about it until I had scouts at every game my like end of the junior year and senior year and I was like okay if you actually are seeing me like I guess I'm actually good like I'm a humble guy but like until like I have to actually say something but (laughs) um you know the experience was it was great like I had the University of Tampa like all of these big schools and it was fun um good experience but the school I chose it was for you know because my mom was sick at the time and I didn't want to go far away from her so I chose a school that was close and when I got there, it was like, you know, just playing basketball. It's always been easy to me, you know, in between these lines, it's, it's business. So when I got there, it was all fun and games um, until, like, you know, one of the first workouts. We were doing, like, hill sprints and coming down. And I was jogging down, you know, I was a little wet, tweaked my knee a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, at that time, I was like, injuries happen within the game. So went to the trainer, and, you know, the trainer did, like, a little test on my knee. and. I had to get the MRIs and all that. And it came back out of torn ACL already. And I was just like, ow. <laughs> so um, at that point, you know, when I found out my left ACL was torn, it came to the point where my kneecap ended up cracking. So I had a broken kneecap, torn ACL, everything. They had to reconstruct everything. Went through that surgery came back in my sophomore year, you know, I'm young. I'm like, I'm coming back. I'll be fine. You know, this team's great. We won the championship my freshman year. We're going to do it again sophomore year. It's like my first scrimmage back, like fresh, like seven for seven from three. (laughs) Everything's going good. and we'll be back with Brandon momentarily. I'd like to take a moment to talk about Morgan's Message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's Message is a nonprofit founded in 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise, we are building a community by and for student-athletes and providing a platform for advocacy. To learn more, to get in touch, to join our ambassador program, head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to the episode. My first, my first game, first scrimmage back, you know, sophomore year, and you know, everything's going good from 7 7 from 3. My last shot, I go up, I come down, tore my right ACL. And it was right then that I was just like, 
everything that I worked for my whole life, you know, came down to that one moment and everything that, you know, I identified through this one sport, it just made me look in the mirror and ask myself, like, who am I? And that's the point where I realized, like, I'm, like, I literally thought all I was was a basketball player. So when I lost basketball, two ACL tears in a row, um, I started struggling mentally. And that's when everything went downhill for me. So I, I want to talk about, because I feel like this, the more and more conversations I have with athletes who have been injured, it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people after the first injury, there's no, no doubt in their mind that they're going to come back. They're like, this is, this is like easy. I've seen other people come back from one ACL tear or like one rotate, whatever it may be. And I feel like to come back is a lot easier, not easier. Cause it's obviously not easy to come back from injury, but I feel like they're a lot more successful in like having a strong, positive mindset going into every day, being like, I'm going to get back on the court, going to get back on the field. It's the second injury that I feel like when I talk to people that they really, really struggle to get that mindset right. And for me, it was actually the opposite, surprisingly. But for a lot of people, it's like that second one that it's devastating. In hindsight, like, do you know what, like, in your experience, like, why do you think it was that the second one really was like, I'm no longer a basketball player or like questioning that identity? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, after that first one, you know, you do everything you want to do to get back. You're with the trainers every day, you know, you're doing physical therapy, you're doing everything you need to. And then that second time, it's just like, what did I do wrong? And then, you know, my trainer would tell you firsthand, like, that first year, I was in there every day, like, basically motivated, ready to tackle the day. But that second time, I would just show up and just, yeah, I just had nothing in me to do the work. And, like, the pain was just, it felt 10 times worse because, I'm, you know, my leg's actually in pain. But, like, I felt like my whole, like, soul, my identity, my whole body was just, like, shut down. and in so much pain like worse than my knee like pain to me is nothing now like I have sleeves of tattoos and I could sit there for hours and just get it with nothing because that pain that I felt from both my ACLs and just like that initial shock when I tore it like I will there will be nothing that will hurt me and like I'm so numb to pain that's why I struggle mentally like every single day and to me it's just like ain't nothing I haven't been through so it's a bad mindset for myself, and that's why I want to get out of this slump and help others as well, because there's more to life than this. Yeah, yeah. Numbing, numbing your emotions can work to a certain extent, but it's not, I feel like it's not healthy and it's not productive, not at, um, at least in my case, because then you become numb to like the great emotions of life, right? It's like everything becomes mm-hmm. just like you're just a blob going through. Um, if you could go back to yourself or anyone who might be like in that slump, whether it's their first tear, second tear, first injury, or even just like, I don't know, you know, they're in their own mind. Like, what would you, what would you say to them as like a piece of advice as someone who has gone through it? My piece of advice is just, you know, never, never, never limit life to one thing. Um, You know, rather you get back from this injury, whether you, don't get back. There's more to life. You are more 
than what you identified as that you feel like you're identified as there's so many possibilities and you know never give up on yourself um remember why you started in the first place At, in every single journey every single path your um your, your level of commitment is going to get tested so whether that's through an injury or just the coaching staff or teammates it's going to get tested to see if you really love what you do so to stay true to what you love and continue to push and never give up on yourself. And if you ever need to reach out, reach out to somebody, please. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to, I want to kind of rewind slightly when you were getting recruited, you mentioned that your mom was sick and that played a role in where you ended up going to, to school as Personally, I like my grandma passed when I was really young and she's really the only, well, both my grandmas have been sick, but I I haven't had like a parent ever go through something like cancer or, you know, some kind of like disease that takes them away from me or makes me scared that I'm going to lose them. Um, What, what kind of impact did that have on you? At the time, like. I really had no idea. Um, all I just know is I was just defeated because I had to still go to school and act like everything was okay. And I remember we had a big game one night and my coach could just see I was just like in layup lines, just walking and pulled me aside. And I'm just like, my mom's sick. Like I started crying to him and he was like, I'm sorry, like you don't have to play tonight. And I'm like, I have to. Everybody's out there. Like, Literally, everybody's out there waiting for me to play. Like, it was like that. Like, I literally thought basketball was it. And I went out that game, and that's probably where I hurt my knee initially. But, you know, just seeing my mother go through pain after previously losing my grandmother to breast cancer, it was just like, it was just too much for me to even grasp. Like, if I lost my mother, like, I'm I'm all set. (laughs) So it was just, and I was still young and, didn't really understand, you know, she tried to be so strong. So I didn't always know everything. I would just thought she'd be in the hospital. And it was just like, you know, I didn't know all the information. I didn't know it was that bad of breast cancer. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know this kind of surgery. So it was just like telling me the minimum because, you know, I had to still go to school when I was a kid. So she's very strong and they all put that shield up for me. But looking back now that I'm older and seeing exactly what was going on, it's just like, I'm just grateful every day that she beat it and I made the decision that I did. It's, it's really scary. I think when you have someone who's that like parental figure, um, who's, who's like supposed to be in traditional terms, like the strong, like nothing, you know, they're supposed to be your backbone. And then when they get sick or something happens to them, or you see them sad or in pain, it's kind of like, earth shattering. And I know my coach, my freshman year had breast cancer. And I, I watched my, my friend in college, her mom go through breast cancer. And one of my friends now, her mom is, and seeing like, I feel like your mom or your dad, like lose their hair to chemo or just like weaker. It's, it hurts. And it's like, how, how do I maintain my strength and like, not show them that I'm really scared? Right. Because I feel like a lot of people are really fucking scared when like something like this happens. And it's like, well, if I show them I'm scared, then they're going to freak out and I have to be strong 
for them. And that's a lot of pressure for anyone to go through, let alone like 18, 17, 16, 15 year old, when you're like aware to a certain extent of the, like of what's going on, right? Like you understand that it is like life or death and you can like grasp that concept versus like a nine-year-old who's like, oh, well, she's sick, but she'll be fine. Like you don't quite understand that it's like, no, it's not as simple as that. Um, so I wanna, I wanna bring us back to sophomore year. You've torn your ACL, you're in a bad headspace. How'd you get out of that headspace? Have you ever gotten out of that headspace? What did you do? Like walk us through it. Yeah, so sophomore year, towards the second ACL, and right there, you know, I was had the surgeries. I'm in my bed for a few weeks, and it's just like, like my mind is racing. I have no idea what's going on. Um, one of my good friends, who's a um, pharmacist, recommended you know maybe trying therapy. You know, I was like. I, you know, didn't believe in it, the movies, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'll try. So I got on a waiting list. Um, So the summer going into my junior year, hopped on a waiting list, and they finally had availability for like May 20th, 22nd, something like that. And so the day is just coming up. And then May 19th, unfortunately, you know, all like four of my friends passed away in a car accident. So it was just like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, I remember, I remember when we had started up. I remember when we had our call. I was like, hmm. you've gone through like so much. Like yeah. after our call, I hung up, and I mean, I feel like I've gone through some stuff, but it's like you truly never know what anyone's going through. Can you talk? Can you talk about though before like you get into the impact like? the positive impact those friends had on your life? Yeah, so I mean, um, they were younger than me. I knew two of them very well, and I knew of the two other ones. Um, but just like little brothers to me, like, you know, you go to the YMCA, and <laughs> one of my, David, like, he would come up to me every time, like, let's go, check up. <laughs> I'm going to beat you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what you do on Fridays. Me and you, let's go. And it's just like... <laughs> There's like good memories like that. Like these were amazing kids and athletes, like photography, like they would, they could do it all. And so I was actually, I actually started working May 19th. I was going to work and I took this left turn and they all passed me and I, God just told me to go stay by. Like I turned my car around. I was going to be late. I dropped the other way. I turned around to them, get out the car. I'm like, oh, what's up? Like, how you doing? And course david <laughs> he's like yo i'm getting recruited by nichols nichols college is where i went to school i'm getting recruited by nichols i'm about to come up there be a football star take all your um all your friends all your like whatever all your shine i'm like yeah 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 whatever like next week i'm, I'm free like i'll take you up to go meet the coaches like that was it that's when i was all right y'all be safe i'm going to work then i left went to work and like not even 30 minutes after they were in a car accident and like, yeah, passed away. So right there, you know, and I, I worked at a restaurant, so I didn't, I couldn't check my phone all day. So I didn't get up to like 1231. And when I checked my phone, it's just like calls, texts. And I just sat in the parking lot for like two hours and just like couldn't move. Didn't know it was real. Didn't know like 
the details or anything and then like you know as I said growing up you know you hide those emotions you don't show nothing so I immediately hit up one of my other best friends and I was like what are we gonna do what are we doing let's do something for their in memory of them so literally it was just like all right let's start a nonprofit. we're gonna do an event so we held a um four kings flag football tournament raised 50k in that day you know we gave back to the families we started scholarships for high school students um actually tomorrow we're releasing um we're doing a ribbon cutting for four benches with their names on it um so yeah that's kind of just who i am and when i struggle i just i don't as a man i've never been able to like you know just cry to somebody so i just flip it quick in my head and i'm like let's go help <laughs> and then i try to grieve later but I'm bad, I'm bad at that. That's what we're working on. <laughs> so moral of the story, got into therapy, finally, you know, explained everything. And same thing you just said. She sat back and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so then, you know, I was diagnosed. She's like, we're going to need, like, more than one session here. That's she, she like, we, all right, this is just the beginning. Like, she didn't say <laughs> one thing the first time. I just talked and talked. And it was great, like, amazing. And um, it's like, you know, I ended up getting diagnosed with, severe anxiety depression and ptsd um and all these things you know all fairly new to me so i was like okay this is cool so then you know after that after that summer junior year i tried basketball again i was like let's do it i can do it let's get it um it was one practice i you know catch the ball on the wing i would try to drive and then i would just freeze i'm like that's my ptsd i'll just drop the ball and like the shoe squeaking the light the sound the basketball dribbling that just messed up my mind. I was like, I can't, can't do it. I can't be around it. I stopped watching the NBA for a little bit. I would still show up to practices and like, you know, be a good team, whatever. But inside, like it killed me to show up every single day. And like, those guys didn't know that. That would show up. And then really didn't take till the end of my junior year or start of senior year for me to open up to my team. Like, I need you guys to have my back. Like, I'm going to be here every single day. I'm going to help. I'm going to be a practice player. I'm going to be the loudest on the bench cheering you guys on. Like, great teammate for whatever you need because that's what I signed up to be regardless of my pain. And I did that, but it just ate away at me in ways I didn't know. So, actually, during the year, I went to the hospital. And that first experience was just, you know, it wasn't good for me because when I got there, I self-admitted myself and the lady, they had me in the hallway because I didn't have enough rooms. And the lady looked at me and was like, why are you here? And I was just like, you know, I'm trying to get help. <laughs> and literally it was just like, you self-admitted yourself. What do you want, drugs? Like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, all right, sorry for trying to get help. Like, can I just go hold them? And like, they literally let me leave. So my therapist from the school called them and was like, what's wrong with you guys? Blah, blah, blah. So right there, you know, Another experience where I was just like, this isn't for me. So, you know, I started trying to give up on therapy and stuff. And then, you know, senior year comes around, 2019, you know, we're about to hop into, um, you know, we just won the season again. We're about to hop into the NCAA tournament. And that's 2020. That's when everything starts going downhill. You know, the game, we lost that next week. That's when COVID hit school shut down everything's going on with blm you know so now it's like all this i never never really sat down to like talk about what i was going through what's going on um so started leading protests in my town started doing these things at my school starting up 
groups, all this stuff. And, you know, just to show people that we mattered as a black man, not even talking about what's going on mentally. And that took a toll on me in ways that I had no idea and stuff like that. So then it didn't take for me to go back to Nichols for post-grad to um, get my master's and play basketball to where like I literally ended up hospitalized for a week and it was literally the best thing that's ever happened to me because going in you know I went in and I told them like I don't have a plan to do anything but I have no plan to be here either and I'm just tired of this so going in there you know it gave me a whole new perspective that you know therapy is great you go talk to somebody it's great going to the hospital your mental is amazing. You know, I was in there with people who I didn't have to explain myself to. I could just, I felt like I was just home. It was safe. You know, we're eating three meals a day. <laughs> we're getting the meds if we need meds. You know, we're talking to doctors, therapists, we're doing workshops, we're learning different coping mechanisms, stuff like that. So literally like, you know, I always joke around, like you break your leg, you twist your ankle, you go to the hospital, no problem. But as soon as it's mental, like, we just think, oh, we're crazy. Let's not talk about this. This needs to be talked about. We need to have more conversations like this. Sure. My question is, is like, is there anything you learned when you were hospitalized? Did you work through your PTSD at all? And are there any like tools or tricks that you have that you can kind of share? Because I don't think that's like a, like a topic we've touched much yeah. on, on the podcast. That is a great question. Uh, when I was in the hospital, I was mostly working on like scheduling and my anxiety and making sure like it was bad, like severe anxiety. Like I don't like going out places in big settings unless I have all my people with me. Um, but the PTSD for me, it's like, I'm still trying to manage that as well. Like it, it's, it's, it's annoying having to feel when you get there, it's like you feel that whole thing and you're just like squeezed and you're in that literal experience and it's I would say the best ways for me is just you know I don't even know that is a great question that I struggle with myself and it's so interesting because I feel like when you think when I think PTSD I think it's something that people in the army have because I feel like when it comes to like the media it's like army navy right like what like American sniper it's like or or 9-11 things like that that are like these big major things have PTSD but or like sexual assault right like I feel like those are the like two two biggest things and I wish there were more resources I guess like readily available or like top of mind that like PTSD can be things that might not seem as big but like are big to that individual person um kind of trauma really yeah suffer from PTSD that that trauma can play a role the rest of your life unfortunately yeah um so hospitalization this is this is an interesting topic because I feel like when I talk to people who have either been submitted to the hospital and I've had a family member who actually was hospitalized for um an attempt and thank god like I thank god every day that I still have this family member and I actually haven't ever talked to them about like their experience, but I know other people I've talked to, like, they've been like, I learned so much. I feel like I walked out of there, like better for better for it. And like 
truly like it saved my life. Like, and it seems like that's the experience you had. What was it about the experience that like you felt like you walked away with being better at or being more confident in like being able to manage whether it was like your depression, your anxiety, what were some tools and tricks? Yeah, definitely just like working on time management, creating schedules because in 2020, like nobody's really working and just you know your days, you just have days that just go by and after you know graduating as as well like you know you come from elementary middle school high school college and structure your classes your practices and after you graduate it's like you're just in the real world um and just no structure so time management for me that was big um definitely just being in there like i said with other people who are struggling and i feel like i didn't i didn't have to explain myself like we're all in there and we're all there together like everybody was completely different different stories different ages different backgrounds and it's like we sat down and we played card games and we were just laughing joking some people would talk some people would cry and it was just like it was like a safest space ever and you know you talk to the nurses and at the time like I literally had just started mental health declassified so I'm in there like networking too at the same time and I'm like let me stop like I gotta focus on me <laughs> but you know like I've been to the lowest and I've had an attempt myself and you know luckily that same friend my sophomore year that told me to see a therapist she called me as I was you know trying to take all my pills and stuff and she was on FaceTime and I'm I'm holding a phone like this and she's like what's wrong so my show your face and I'm like she saw me and she's like okay I'm staying on the phone until you tell your roommate so definitely just having a different perspective on life you know you're off the phone you don't have social media like you're just in there you're finding yourself again you're safe like I said and it was just an experience that like I don't have much words for it but I just I recommend it's not scary like you know you're you're getting attention you're getting the love you need and whatever you need to work on in there you can work on so I came out with different kinds of workshops different ideas different a whole different mindset and that was my whole reasoning for starting the classified perfect segue let's talk about what you're doing now and just like how you've been since because 2020 now we're coming up on like two years right Right. since like that whole experience like what are you up to how are you feeling yeah so yeah um i founded mental health declassified you know a place where we look to create a safe space for individuals to share their stories um you know we just want to be an umbrella for like all of mental health. You know, we want, I want to network with every kind of business and I want to bring mental health to your business. Like we partner with basketball businesses, uh, physical trainers, um, craft shops. And I like the basketball, for example, like their camps and clinics. We, we attend their camps and clinics now with tables and we're going to do workshops with the kids, with the parents, you know, again, we're not experts, but through we're experts in our stories and we have resources that everyone can find in the media so if I can help you guys out by putting it together in a packet and bringing these packets places then we're gonna do that we're gonna do workshops with these high schoolers you know my favorite workshop that me and my partner do is like you have the kids write on a piece of paper a word and then you crumple that word up that paper 
and you give them a minute to try to flatten that paper out and bring it back to its original form. And it's to show the kid that, you know, these words hurt and you can never take back something you said. So just be nicer, spread love and be kind. We have a podcast, we have a website, you know, we have merchandise, we do live panels, we do events, paint nights, all that kind of stuff. We just try to bring the safe space everywhere and anywhere. And we're on all social media platforms. TikTok, the fun stuff, the Instagram, to the tips, to the you know interactive stuff. So anywhere you can find us. What kind of impact has creating, you know, mental health declassified had on you personally? Um, honestly, the biggest, like the messages that I received, that the account received, that I received personally, that you like. It's just amazing, like to know that like people really value this, and people are actually starting to talk. Like, and if I can share my story, and you might not be able to relate to it fully, but like bits and pieces, if you can relate, like that might get you to open up about yours. That might make you think about something differently. So, just having that kind of platform to allow people to feel safe—it's meant everything to me. And. I wouldn't trade this for anything. I'm going to continue to do this no matter what because I need to get the males talking. <laughs> I need to. I'm trying my absolute hardest. Um, right now, my team's made up of strong women, but the men, I'm coming for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that hypothetically, right, like someone listening might, maybe is a parent, a friend, a coach of a male who they can tell something might be off. How do they approach them? How, like, what's that advice? Then also like on the flip side, if you're a man who is struggling with your emotions, like what's kind of one step you can take today? And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like a crazy monumental like change, but one step you can take today to get closer to opening up about what you may be feeling or where you can go to, I don't know, read more, learn more. Give us the give us the knowledge. Drop the mic here. Yes, I mean for a parent, coach, a partner, whoever you know, approaching a man, I would just say you know, understand that you know we we are scared of showing emotion. We're scared of showing you that we're weak. We are so scared that like our mom sees us crying, or if our girlfriend sees us crying, or especially our dads or like our coaches, like we're not gonna get the playing time. You're gonna look at us differently. Where we we're not gonna be able to handle the big moments, and that's that's the athlete mindset. If if I show that I'm weak, you're not gonna put me in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, and I gotta be in the fourth quarter. So definitely just approaching us and with all the love possible. And I know you got everyone does, but just understanding that we don't know how to put these things into words, and sometimes we might just need a long hug, and you know those long hugs will get somebody <laughs> that's really struggling. And then for for us, you know. Anyone listening as a man, um, you know, just I would say, like, just understanding that, you know, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone and you don't have to be no one's Superman. You know, you're a human being at the end of the day. And the brain is the strongest thing that we have. It names itself. And, you know, like you, you, you literally just have to understand that if this if your head starts messing with you and if you're going through something, it's okay to talk. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to cry. It has to start with just you in your room by yourself. 
so be it. But just understand that your parents love you dearly, your friends love you dearly, your coaches love you dearly. And there's going to be somebody in your life, and I know you know, listening to this, that there's somebody in your life that will listen to your story and help. So don't be shy. Don't try to be a man and man up. <laughs> just, just be human. I have never heard the brand is the strongest thing we have. It's named, it named itself. <laughs> I love that. I mean, like, it's so true, right? It's like, it comes back to, especially in athletics, like, we take care of our physical body, but we don't take care of our mind. And like, that's so backwards because I think our mind also dictates what our physical body can do right. most, if not like all of the time. Um, so another huge like plug to the brain, like great job, keep it up, like work on your mental health. And right. um, yeah, is there anything that you felt like as we as we come to to a close on our conversation that you felt like you want to leave the audience with or that you didn't touch on um I mean honestly just again spreading love and positivity um you never know what the next person or the person next to you is going through and it's just like little stuff like you know if you're in high school and you know a kid drops their books and they break down don't look at them like, oh, you're a baby. You just dropped your books. Pick it up. Like, you don't know what that week was like for them. You don't know what led up to this. You don't know what your coworker is has an attitude about. You don't know what your mom is mad about. And, you know, we got to check in on our parents more. You know, they are the strongest people. And who do they have half the time? You know, it, it's hard. So, honestly, just spread love. And, you know, it's it's not okay to hate. Just just love and be kind and be happy. Obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you again for coming on the mental matchup. This was such an awesome conversation. And I think that we touched on a lot of different, really important like subtopics. Um, so I'm excited to see, see kind of what the audience thinks after this. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on and being so vulnerable and courageous and sharing everything. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. And sorry for listening to the rambling, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's all up. Thank you. Another huge shout out to Brandon for coming on and honestly talking about so many different things that that I don't even think I've you know really dove that deeply into conversations about this with any of my my male friends um and for being so vulnerable and courageous and sharing everything that he's gone through and how he's you know gotten to this point in his life with mental health declassified and you know I think our conversation, I learned a lot and I also left with a lot of questions that I want answers to now, you know, and trying to dig deeper into some of these subtopics. Um, I think we can all take a lot away from Brandon's story and from his outlook now on just spreading love and positivity and understanding that you don't have to be Superman and you don't need to struggle alone and that we are not Superwoman and Superman, like we are human. Um, and yeah, if you want to get in touch with Brandon, you can find him at Mental Health 
Declassified on Instagram if you want to get in touch with the mental matchup or submit your story for our stories platform or come on the podcast. You can head to the mental matchup on Instagram or the mentalmatchup.com. And finally, a huge shout out. Thank you, as always, to Morgan's message for presenting this podcast and for providing, you know, a platform where student athletes feel heard and they feel seen and they feel loved. Um, we wouldn't be here without them. You can find Morgan's message at Morgan's message on Instagram and head to morgansmessage.org to learn more. Um, with that, love you all. I'm so grateful that you made it through the end of the episode and I will see you on the next one.